RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong shares see another large sell-off with the Hang Seng Index closing below 17,000. The High Court puts on hold the invalidation of some 20,000 COVID vaccination exemption certificates and Hong Kong tourists pack onto flights to Japan to make the most of the country's newly eased COVID restrictions. Hong Kong stocks have taken another beating to finish below 17,000 points. The Hang Seng Index fell to its lowest level in more than 11 years at one stage before recovering slightly to close 2.2% lower at 16,832. The benchmark index has now fallen by more than a third in the past 52 weeks. Selina Sia is the head of Greater China Equity Research at Credit Suisse wealth management. The RMB or CNY against the US dollar is likely going to stay weak, if not weaker, when the United States continues to raise rates. That's number one. The second thing is we continue to see tension being escalated between the United States and China with more restrictions on the tech issues. The third reason is we are seeing the official People's Dailies, the Communist Party media, official media in black and white, says that the zero COVID policy would continue in the mainland and is there to stay. The ratings agency Moody's says it has pulled its credit ratings for cash-strapped mainland property developers China Evergrande and Kaiser. Mike Weeks reports. Moody's cited insufficient information to maintain its assessment, adding it had also removed its ratings for Evergrande units, including Hengda Real Estate Group. Evergrande earlier missed a self-imposed deadline to unveil a restructuring plan for its 300 billion US dollars of debt. It has also had its headquarters in Hong Kong seized by a receiver. Kaiser, meanwhile, has been trying to restructure 12 billion US dollars of offshore debt. The High Court has put on hold the invalidation of some 20,000 COVID vaccination exemption certificates until it hears a legal challenge over the matter next week. Violet Wong has more. The application for the judicial review was filed by Kwok Chak Kin, who said the government should not nullify the vaccination exemption certificates before they were found to have been issued improperly by seven doctors. Government lawyers representing the Secretary for Health, Lo Chong Mao, meanwhile said he had imposed the invalidation that would ban holders of the certificates from entering restaurants and other premises to protect public health. They also said affected people could consult another doctor to obtain a new exemption certificate and can even see a government doctor for free on this particular occasion. A government adviser on the pandemic has urged people not to wait for second-generation COVID jabs, saying the emergence of new subvariants of the virus is likely to make them quickly ineffective. Professor Lau Yu Long was speaking on a radio programme about two new strains of COVID that arrived here this week. By the time we get the second-generation vaccine by the end of this year or early next year, the BA.4 and BA.5 subvariants will be history. It will be outdated. Experts have reach a consensus that new COVID strains will definitely emerge and replace the current BA.4 and BA.5 variants. So by the time the vaccine is available and it's proved to be safe, it will basically have lost its edge. Health officials have reported 4,656 new COVID cases, 373 of which were imported. Nine more patients with COVID have died. More than 1,600 patients with the coronavirus are being treated in public hospitals, with 13 of them in intensive care. 
Former Chief Executive C.Y. Leung says the further relaxation of COVID travel rules is an important factor for bringing investors back to Hong Kong. But he says it's not the only thing that matters. Speaking at a forum, he said Hong Kongers also needed to resolve what he called the misunderstandings of overseas firms and key opinion leaders of Hong Kong's political situation. Mr Leung, who's now a vice chairman of China's top advisory body, the CPPCC, said they were often misled by Western media and politicians about what's really happening in Hong Kong. Now the weather. Fine, cooler tomorrow morning with a minimum temperature around 21 degrees in the urban areas and a couple of degrees lower in the new territories. Very dry during the day. The maximum temperature will be around 29 degrees. Moderate to fresh northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore later tomorrow. The outlook... Cloudier on Thursday, mainly fine in the following couple of days. Windy early next week. Temperatures currently 24 degrees, humidity 55%. The red fire danger warning is in force. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. A secondary school in Chunwan has confirmed that it suspended 14 pupils for three days for dis- disrespecting the national anthem and emblem by failing to turn up for a flag-raising ceremony. The Education Bureau has asked the school for a report on the incident. Joanne Wong reports. St. Francis Xavier School said that besides failing to attend the assembly on Wednesday, the 14 students had committed what are described as disrespectful acts, though did not go into details. Media reports said some of the pupils were having breakfast in the school's covered playground when the national anthem began to play. Education sector lawmaker Chu Kwok Kung told Commercial Radio that class suspension is quite a serious penalty. And while he refused to comment directly on the incident, he said schools should weigh how a punishment can help pupils recognize their mistakes. The best way is to use the appropriate penalties to teach them within the school. As class suspensions may affect their learning, and they may not be able to catch up on progress. The Education Bureau said it's seeking a report on the incident from the school. It said there are clear rules governing etiquette during the national anthem and flag-raising ceremony. Chief Executive says he'll just laugh off any sanctions imposed on Hong Kong officials, describing such measures as barbaric. John Lee made the comment when fielding questions about the superyacht owned by Russian oligarch Alexei Mordashov, which is currently birthed off Qingyi. Frank Jung has more. Following Russia's attack on Ukraine, several superyachts and other assets tied to businessmen with close links to President Vladimir Putin have been seized this year in high-profile cases around the world, including in Spain, Germany and the United Kingdom. The Russian steel and mining mogul Mr. Mordashov is the target of the same sanctions by the US, the European Union and the UK. When asked about this during his media briefing ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting, John Lee reiterated that his government will comply with any sanctions imposed by the UN. In Hong Kong, we respect the rule of law and we will do anything when there is a legal basis, when it in some way is controlled by the law and the activities in some way indicates that it is not But we will comply with any United Nations resolution on sanction because Hong Kong has the legal basis to enforce it and we will comply with United Nations sanctions. In a follow-up question, the chief executive was asked whether he's being paid in cash, similar to his predecessor, Carrie Lam, who's been sanctioned by the U.S. The so-called sanction imposed on people in Hong Kong without justification, it is 
a very barbaric act, and I'm not going to comment on the effects of such barbaric act, because officials in Hong Kong do what is right to protect the interests of the country and the interests of Hong Kong. We'll just uh, laugh off the so-called sanctions. Hong Kong tourists packed on to flights to Japan today to make the most of the country's newly eased COVID restrictions. As Ada Al reports, some said they've been left sleepless and excited by the prospect of finally getting back to one of the SAR's favourite destinations. Tourists visiting Japan no longer need to arrange a visa in advance or join organised tour groups. Since Tokyo announced it was easing its entry rules on October the 11th, airlines have been adding extra flights from Hong Kong to serve their expected strong demand. One family of three heading to Fukuoka said they expected to spend about 400,000 yen, more than $21,000, on their three-day trip. The father of the Yun family said he couldn't wait to create lasting memories with his daughter. I'm excited. I haven't traveled for too long. I couldn't sleep well last night. I will bring her to the zoo and to try on a kimono. Another woman, Miss Chow, was heading to Osaka with her husband. We've brought about 600,000 to 700,000 yen. We'll play hard and shop hard. Our last trip is already in February 2020. I prepared an empty suitcase for shopping and added 20 kilograms of luggage allowance. I want to buy everything. Russia has launched further missile strikes against Ukraine, hitting the western city of Lviv, as well as Zaporizhia in the southeast. The mayor of Lviv says there were four explosions at electricity supply stations in the region. He said a third of the city was now without power. The attacks are not on the same scale as those on Monday. BBC's Paul Adams reports from Kyiv. The strikes in Lviv seem to be the most significant ones this morning. Uh, Here in the capital, it's been quiet. Clearly, the strikes in Lviv are of a piece with what we saw yesterday more widely across the country in that they were against infrastructure targets, particularly power. And that does seem to be a common theme of the the strikes that have been taking place across the country, uh, indicative perhaps of an intention in Moscow to make life as difficult as possible as winter approaches. Earlier, our Moscow correspondent Fred Weir told Anne-Marie Evans he doesn't believe the big increase in Russian airstrikes on Ukraine is retribution for the attack on the Crimea Bridge. I think that the huge escalation uh, that's underway now has been in the cards for some time. Russia was fighting for about seven months. On a shoestring, they had about 200,000 men down there. Putin's, and, and this is all on him, He's it's his operation and he was bent on it being like a police action a special military operation they called it and it was being fought with volunteers contract soldiers and the separatist militias in fact those Donetsk and Luhansk militias were doing a lot of the fighting and it went bad I mean Ukraine mobilized Ukraine has been getting massive support from the West and the tide of battle turned in dramatic ways which focused minds in Moscow, and this all happened last month. And it was clear that the hawks, or whatever you want to call them, the party of war here in Moscow, who've been urging all along for all-out war, suddenly it became their moment. They got on the nightly news programs, they obviously got to Putin, and he ordered a mobilization, a partial mobilization, they call it, but it's, it's quite a big one. 
and also started bombing infrastructural targets, which they had been since the opening salvos of the war. They haven't been really systematically bombing Ukrainian bridges, dams, electrical stations, and so on. Again, ask Putin why not, because it's the sort of thing the Americans would do on day one. So now, I think it was in the cards, Crimea Bridge or no Crimea Bridge, that they were going to start going after electrical stations, um, railway hubs, bridges, dams, those sorts of things. But according to the Ukrainian president, they've also gone off for what are decidedly civilian targets. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it's true. And also, according to Ukrainian authorities, all these attacks, about almost 200 missiles, killed 11 people. So I don't think mm. they could have been singling out civilian targets. Considering the level of attack, I was surprised by the low death toll. Yeah, no, I think the, I think the Russians are, are now going to systematically dismantle Ukraine's infrastructure, and particularly its electrical grid, because you know that Ukrainian trains, most of them run on electricity. And if, if they can simply dismantle electrical supplies, they can paralyze the network by which the Ukrainians transport all these arms from the Polish border all the way to the front in the Donbass, which they've been doing for seven months. This is a real war, and now I guess Putin's got it between his ears that this is a real war, and he's setting out to start fighting it that way. Sport, the Red Bull Formula One racing team of two-time world champion Max Verstappen exceeded the budget cap for the 2021 season. But motorsports governing body, the FIA, says it considers the offence a minor violation, adding that any punishment would be decided at a later date. Aston Martin was also found guilty of breaching financial rules. The BBC's Andrew Benson has more. They've described the offence as minor. There are two categories of breach, minor and material. Minor means less than 5% of the cap, which is $7.25 million on the exchange rates that they use. The FAA haven't said what penalty they're going to give or um, in what way Red Bull have breached the cap. This was about the 2021 budget cap, that's last season. People will remember that Max Verstappen, the Red Bull driver, very narrowly beat Lewis Hamilton at the end of that season in a controversial finale in Abu Dhabi. Um, so any penalty that's applied to sporting can only apply to last season. It's not expected that uh, Verstappen will lose the championship as a result of this. Other penalties could include a reprimand, which is basically just a slap on the wrist, or potentially a reduction in their budget cap in future seasons, or a reduction in the amount of aerodynamic or other kinds of testing that they can do. And a reminder of our top story tonight, Hong Kong shares see another large sell-off with the Hang Seng Index closing below 17,000. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time out of the mist your voice is calling, tis twilight time. When purple colored curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. And here in Hong Kong, we've got the dying embers of Tuesday, Wednesday, literally minutes away. And thanks for tuning in to Twilight Time Music to kick back and relax too from a bygone era. If you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. And for you tonight, the first one off the block, it's a lovely piece of work by one of 
Frank Sinatra. Together at last at twilight time. The very thought of you makes my heart sing like an April breeze on the wings of spring. And you appear in all your splendor My one and only love The shadows fall and spread their mystic charms In the hush of night While you're in my arms I feel your lips so warm and tender My one and only love The touch of your hand is like heaven A heaven that I've never known The blush on your cheek Whenever I speak Tells me that you are my own You fill my eager heart With such desire Every kiss you give Sets my soul on fire I give myself in sweet surrender My one and only love The touch of your hand is like heaven A heaven that I've never known And the blush on your cheek Whenever I speak Tells me that you Eager heart with such desire Every kiss you give Sets my soul on fire I give myself in sweet surrender My one and only Sin. 